Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of KK Side Presents. My name is Jack Gornick, and I am now the immediate past North Central District President of Kappa Kappa Psi. And I'm here today to start our interviews for the Board of Trustees. You've been uh, spending a few weeks now with TJ Coleman to interview other candidates for national office. Uh, and we'll get back to him next week. But now we're starting with our first candidate for the Board of Trustees, Eric Morrison. Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Jack. How are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Good. Uh, so we just like to start out by, uh, well, first, thanking you for being being on here and taking the time to to, to talk about yourself and Kappa Kappa Psi. Uh, and we just want to start with, tell us a little about, about yourself personally and professionally before we get into anything Kappa Kappa Psi. Sure, sure. Uh, I've been a brother since uh, the spring of 1987, so it's uh, 34 years at this point. Um, uh, by profession, I've been a financial advisor since uh, 1993, and my dad and I have a tax practice. We started together in 2002. Uh, I've been working from home since 93, so and I don't miss commuting to New York uh, one single bit. Um, I have. Uh, uh, Two kids. My son Cameron is uh, just finished his sophomore year at Arizona State, and my daughter just finished her sophomore year. Uh, Callie's at West Hill High School in Stamford, and my wife Michelle uh, works for Aon, and she's now working from home as well. And uh, we're one of those families that got a COVID dog. His name is Jackson. <laughs> nice. What, what kind of dog is Jackson? Jackson's a Labradoodle, seven months old and seventy pounds. We're wondering when he's going to stop growing. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, no better time than the, the pandemic, I guess, to to start start with the dog. You got it. <laughs> um, and so now, since you're you're you said you're working from home now, not not a big change from from COVID. No, not a big change for me. Uh, I'm out of the house less. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm on Stamford, Connecticut's uh, city council. We call it the Board of Representatives. Uh, so like everything else, everything's been uh, been done virtually. So, uh, you know, for dozens and dozens of visits to to uh, our government center, City Hall, uh, I'm, I'm home now. So it, it, I'm home more than I was before, even though I work from home, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So. Now we'll just move in a little bit into into some fraternity related questions. Uh, so, as someone who's now been on the board of trustees for a while, as someone who's running again, uh, can you just walk through your journey a little bit as a brother that's led you to where you are now uh, as the current vice chair of the board of trustees? From the beginning, <laughs> from the beginning, as far back as you want to, you want to. Wow. Talk about. <laughs> uh, so well. no, no, that's fine. Uh, when I I. I became a candidate in the uh, spring of my freshman year. Uh, there was, there was a um, uh, prospective candidate meeting uh, and I didn't bother going cause I wasn't really interested. Uh, and the brother in my chapter at UConn uh, who had asked me to show up came to my room after the event that I had not attended and, and asked me basically where the hell were you? Uh, so he dragged me to the next one. And I have to thank brother Richard Walter for that. Uh, for really getting this journey started for me. Um, it was a great experience to serve as, as uh, chapter VP membership and president back then. Uh, and then we hosted convention and uh, the, the bug of service and the bug of making a difference for other people. Uh, it, it 
it hit me and it never, it never went away. So I was uh, very involved with uh, Northeast district alumni association. Uh, I served on the, the board of directors of the former NAA uh, and uh, as um, uh, vice chair and finance chair of the current AA board of directors. Um, so it, it's been a constant involvement. I've never taken a break uh, and uh, you know, always wanting to serve in a, a, larger role to affect the lives positively of more and more people and, and support bands uh, in, in as much of an increased way as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I love, love that little bit at the beginning where, where you said Richard, was it? That just Richard dragged, Walter. Just dragged you to an event. I feel yeah. like it's the case for almost everybody in this fraternity, like, <laughs> some way or another. Like I, uh, yeah, I, I can say that was the same for me. I feel like everybody that I met, it's somebody brought us here. And that's what I, what I love about this, honestly. Even if he, if he hadn't shown up that night, I probably would not have gone into the process that semester. But even if I had done it the next semester, I can't imagine that the journey would have been exactly the same. Uh, just engaging with the people I did in the, the membership candidate class that I had. Uh, one of my uh, class brothers uh, is one of my best friends to this day. In fact, uh, my wife and I and uh, Jim and his wife, we, we decided that if something happened, happened to any of us, we would take care of each other's children. Wow. That's the kind of bond that created, uh, was created. And, and for all the, uh, uh, for all of our brothers who, who are first year, uh, um, actives, um, you know, you don't, you may have met that person. You may have met your, your future spouse, your future partner, your future best friend, and you may not even know it yet. But that person may already be in your life because you made the choice to to become a brother in this organization. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, moving on a little bit. So can you talk about a little bit of how like your professional experience or your even your past fraternal experience now uh, lends itself to the board of trustees? Well, one of the major functions of the board of trustees is is the financial well-being of the of the organization, uh, the forward looking view of what we need to do, what we need to change to sustain and grow the organization. You know, we're, we're largely uh, a dues revenue driven uh, um uh, corporation. Uh, but we need to find more sources of revenue, be it through, uh, you know, sponsorships and grants from, uh, other companies. So we can use more of the dues that are hard earned by students that they pay to do more directly for them with the dollars they contribute. Um, and we've got other projects. We have headquarters, we have the new annex. We want to uh, look at, uh, take a different view of the NIB and it perhaps expand it. Uh, so there's lots that we need to do. Uh, and as a financial advisor and a tax professional, um, you know, viewing the market and, and, um, how money should be invested depending upon the, you know, when you need it, short-term, long-term, uh, that, that kind of financial view that I have from a, you know, 5,000 foot view, uh, has already proven to be, um, uh, valuable. And I, uh, continue, hope to have it continue to be. Mm-hmm. So, okay. You, you mentioned a little bit about the, the financial aspect of the board of trustees, and I probably should have started with, I started with this as you're the first candidate <laughs> for the board of trustees. Okay. But uh, for anyone who's listening, who hasn't interacted with the board, who hasn't studied the board well enough, can you just start by explaining a little bit more about the role of the board aside from the financial aspects? 
Sure. Uh, the, the National Council uh, is charged with uh, basically running the day to day affairs of the fraternity uh, in each of their respective roles and collectively. Um, the Board of Trustees is more attuned to uh, is more focused on the long term you know, 5,000 foot view of where is the corporation? Uh, where does it need to be? Where is it going? What do we need to adapt to? What do we see coming that we have to, uh, you know, uh, get prepared for uh, and to support the National Council and the Alumni Association Board of Directors the best that we can. Uh, so we don't we don't run the fraternity on a day-to-day basis, yet we're engaged on a day-to-day basis on longer view, larger big picture items. Mm-hmm. And we hear if there are appeals uh, to decisions of that the National Council has made, the Board of Trustees hears those appeals. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, And perhaps can we go a little bit more specific then? So as someone who's been on the board for a little bit, like what kind of projects or other things have you engaged with in your time on the board? Well, the biggest one uh, is the uh, capital campaign that we just finished. Um, we started looking at that back in 2014 or so. We kicked it off in 2015 uh, and we finished and we we raised, uh, you know, we, we had a target of, of a million four and we far and we exceeded that. Uh, so we've raised money uh, with the goal of endowing the NIB. Uh, part of the funds that, uh, that came in through this, this capital campaign, um, uh, made it easier to acquire the annex, the space we now have, uh, the new space we have in, in Stillwater, um, and there's renovations to be done to the station, uh, more money for, for leadership development. Uh, and that was, it's the largest campaign that this, uh, organization has ever undertaken. And we didn't, one of the additional things that was important to us to do through this campaign uh, was not just to raise these funds and these commitments, but to learn what it takes to do a campaign like this, mm-hmm. how to, how to, um, how to engage with our brothers, how to engage with corporations, how to, how to run a campaign like this uh, on our own. And we learned a tremendous amount and we learned what we don't know yet. Uh, so we're, we're on the right path here. Awesome. That that's probably the, the one of the largest accomplishments uh, over the past few years. That's going to impact us now and for a long time. Right. So is is it safe to safe to kind of say like so the the dues that everybody pays in then those are more towards the day to day functions of Kappa Kappa Psi paying HQ uh, and and other kind of things like that. But then the capital campaign then is looking towards the future. These big investments in you said NIB the annex. Uh, yes. Development. These are all the big things that we haven't had the, the funds to do in just the day, or in addition to the day to day dues that are paid. Yeah, that's right. And we have to remember one of the things that drives our dues uh, without much um, input from us is the cost of uh, insurance coverage. Right. So we have to, you know, always be, it's one of the reasons we all need to be very mindful of our, um, our uh, risk, uh, pro, risk policies um, as uh, actives and as alumni. Um, but, you know, the, the cost of the NIB, uh, which includes the, the, uh, the cost of commissioning the piece, paying the, the featured conductor, uh, you know, that comes out of the, um, you know, partially from, uh, um, from the trust and um, is shared with uh, our sisters of Tau Beta Sigma. But if we can endow the NIB, and that means have enough money in an investment such that it is able to generate 
uh, without any outside contribution, enough money to pay for the entire project year after year. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we figured it would take about $880,000, $900,000 to endow permanently uh, the NIB. And that was the, 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 the single largest piece of the capital campaign that we just concluded. Um, and, and so to that extent, the monies from the trust perhaps that are would no longer have to go to the NIB can go to more programming and, and uh, to the advantage of our actives. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's crazy, crazy to think that it's that much, almost a million dollars to, to keep NIB going year after year. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, so moving into today, like today is obviously a lot different of a, of a world of a fraternity that we're facing than it was when you ran last time, what, four years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so because the fraternity is facing more significant, like contemporary circumstances than perhaps ever before, as we're shifting in the next biennium, what what is what's the role of the board of trustees to help this fraternity like rebuild and as I think Jessica Lee put it recharge as we recover from this pandemic? Yeah, as uh, the normal functions views uh, looking forward as the trustees have, I think the most important thing that we have to do the next biennium is is support to the to our greatest extent support the national council mm-hmm. as it tries to rebuild, uh, forgive the cliche, everybody's using it, this, the new normal. I, I, you know, I've I've grown to hate it at this point because it's so overused, but it really is true. It's not, we're not, it's not going to look exactly like it did pre COVID. Some schools are gone and not coming back. Some band programs have disappeared. Some are smaller. Uh, you know, even when we go back to, um, on campus in the fall, for example, not every school is going to be as in person as other schools may be. Uh, there may still be limits on various aspects that will affect, you know, how our band programs and how our chapters operate. So helping and making sure the national council has every resource they need, um, to make sure that our chapters have everything they need. Uh, that's, that's the most important thing we need to do going forward. So when you're talking about resources given to the, to the National Council, uh, I'm sure you're talking about one financial assistance to help them fund their programs. But what, what kind of other intangibles are you talking about when you bring that in? We also want to clear, clearly we also want to make sure that they have enough people uh as the, as needed to work on various projects, uh, some initiatives already in place and others that haven't yet revealed themselves to make sure that there were enough people who are interested in serving can be engaged in serving and doing that work. Um, and there is, uh, you know, there is, you can't quantify the, the moral and brotherhood support of just knowing that there's someone there to call. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of people who know, Oh yeah, we're all here for each other, but, don't know that they can or aren't comfortable picking up the phone and saying, I just need to vent. I need help. I need support. What do I do? Uh, I want to bounce an idea off you. Can you be a sounding board? It's all available. Mm-hmm. And even if we just make sure everyone knows that and make and make sure they're comfortable knowing they can just pick up the phone, that can make a world of difference for someone on any given day. So uh, clearly that's an, an intangible of, uh, of great importance to me. Mm-hmm. 
I would, I would guess another one in there too is because a, a lot of you on the board or people who are running for the board have been, been around the fraternity a long time. So there's a lot of institutional knowledge as a kind of a, a reference bank uh, from all of you to help the national council as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. My, my fairly safe assumption. I'd say. <laughs> That's a good assumption. That's yeah. good. So beyond uh, COVID, the, the other major contemporary circumstance that Kappa Kappa side and society in general is facing is that of social justice and our push to become a more diverse, equitable, and inclusive fraternity. And we can see that in the the DEIA task force uh, being pushed out recently. So as a member of the the board of trustees, what is your role and what is the role of the board in ensuring that Kappa Kappa Psi is a more equitable and inclusive place moving forward? Look, the the DEIA um, task force being having been created is a step that has is is absolutely needed and long overdue. Um, the fact that we have so many brothers in this fraternity who feel less than, not heard, not seen, not understood, um, and not acknowledged is is I, I think it's a disgrace, uh, and uh, that we're addressing it now is is vital to our fraternal survival. Uh, and I am, I'm pained that it took uh, such a tragedy, the, 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 the murder of, of George Floyd to bring this to the, the social, the forefront of social consciousness uh, that action would finally be taken. Um, it pains me this, that, that another life lost had to be the, um, the trigger for this. We should have done this a long time ago without having loss of life, um, you know, be the, the starting point of this initiative. Uh, the board, uh, in fact, every, like every brother has to make sure that this is an, uh, an effort that is sustained in perpetuity. This isn't just the work of this biennium. This task force is going to ad- advise the, um, the committee, which will meet uh, at national convention in Grand Rapids. And so what, you know, th- what their charges are, what they should do as an initial, uh, as an initial committee on this topic. Uh, and then the task force work is done, but uh, this is not a one semester, one biennium, uh, endeavor. This is ongoing. This is the first step towards a permanent, uh, focus in this organization. Um, you know, it's, it's easy to be, uh, it's easy to be an ally, to say you're an ally, but if you don't fully understand, you may not be able to be the ally you want to be, but that doesn't mean you can't be an advocate. We have to make sure that we do our best to educate everyone about allyship uh, and advocacy. Uh, and, um, and it's going to take some hard conversations. It's going to take hard conversations to, to approach, uh, to initiate, uh, to respond to if you're uh, asked. Uh, you know, but we have to have the hard conversations and do the work. We have to do our best to understand and understand the limits of what our understanding are. There's no way uh, as, as a white man that I will ever understand the experience of being a person of color. But I can certainly empathize and 
my own personal experiences uh, as a Jew, there are some parallels to be sure. And listen, emotional pain is emotional pain, even if it's not on the same uh, scale or on the same basis. We understand pain, but having those hard conversations um, is is vital to our moving forward with this endeavor. When you've had some of these hard conversations, you have to bear in mind that apologizing for mistakes you make. There's a huge difference between saying, I'm sorry if I offended you and I'm sorry you feel offended Mm -hmm. and saying, I'm sorry I offended you. I'm sorry I didn't understand. There's a difference in ownership. You're going to make things worse if you say, I'm sorry you were offended. That's you're missing the entire point. It's about learning. It's about doing the work of understanding as best you can and acknowledging. That's a huge part of being an advocate and an immensely huge part of being an ally. And we all have to do our work. Mm-hmm. I, thank you for for going through all this, Eric. Um, I know it's a tough conversation uh, for, for, for you to have, but thank you for sharing a little bit of that. Sure. <laughs> Okay, so we absolutely just touched on some very heavy topics. So I wanted us to finish on a bit of a lighter note. So anybody who knows knows you, Eric, knows that you are an, an encyclopedia of puns and dad jokes. So I, I just wanted to end this contest with a contest, this little pod, this podcast with a bit of a, a dad joke off. Uh, so I came prepared with a few of my own, uh, even though I'm. 21 and childless. Uh, and I, I asked you to, to come up with some, with some, some of yours that uh, you found off of your Facebook page or your timeline and anything that you found or sent to you. So I think we're just, we're just going to go head to head a little bit and just trade a few, few jokes. Okay. So, do you have any preference? Do you want me to start? Do you want? Yeah, you go ahead. Why don't you start? So all of mine are going to be one liners, just nice and short. And I figured I'd, I'd start with one of my favorites, which is, I was driving and I saw a sign that said, watch for children. And I thought, hmm, seems like a fair trade. Oh, that's bad. That's really bad. It's not great, no. But you started with driving. So I would say, you know, never blame somebody else for the road you're on. That's your own asphalt. <laughs> that's very true. Very true. This one's actually another road-related one. Uh, big rig carrying fruit crashes on 210 freeway creates jam. Yeah. Creates jam. <laughs> yeah. That, that one's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be well-bred to make a jam joke. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. What's your next one? Okay. Another one liner. Uh, I'm sure I think this one you've probably heard before. My grandfather has the heart of a lion and a lifetime ban from the zoo. <laughs> oh boy. That's, that's crazy. I bet he was the main event that day. Oh, I'm sure he was the main, the main events. Okay. I got you. Exactly. See what I did there. See what I did there. <laughs> You're very quick on that one. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what, you know what the, uh, uh, when you're, when you're eating steak and burgers, you know, uh, when you're in uh, middle earth, you know what sauce they use? Oh man. I don't. It was the best of Shires. It was the worst of Shires. <laughs> there you go. Thank you. There you go. Uh, let's see. Listen, yeah, when I was a kid, we used to, you know, they used to be, the, you know, 
used tires. We, we'd get in them and roll down a hill. Those were the good years. <laughs> yep. Good years and uh, all downhill from there. It is. It is. That's right. Uh, but you know what? That last joke fell flat. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. But that was really good. Uh, okay. Wow. Continuing on on this one. <laughs> Should I give you a break? <laughs> oh, man. I'll, I'll, this is a question for you now. What, okay. what gives you what gives you butterflies every single time, no matter how many times you experience it? That's a good question. Um, the first moment I stand up in front of a crowd to speak mm. after the first few seconds, I'm good. But walking up and, and getting started butterflies every time. <laughs> for, for me, giving me butterflies every time it's buying caterpillars. <laughs> wow. <laughs> see i fell right into that that was that was one of the best setups i've been, that's been thrown at me in a long time well that's that was really good i, I appreciate that uh, so you've seen the movie cocoon i have not seen the movie cocoon well you should go back and do that because you'd be a good pupa <laughs> duly noted duly noted <laughs> I got you know, it's funny. We talk about, they, we call them dad jokes, but you know, this, these, these kind of puns and play on words were, were funny to me, even when I was, when I was, uh, you know, a, a teenager. Uh, so I, that they're dad jokes. Eh, you don't have to have kids to be, a, no. to be a pun idiot. They, they just fall into the category. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got two more. Uh, okay. Go ahead. This one, it's a very basic pun, but and the award for best neckwear goes to, huh. It was a tie. It was a tie. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, was a tie. That, that one is, I'm sure that was one that you had heard, heard before. Well, I was watching when, when the Oscars were on a couple of weeks ago and they were uh, announcing the nominees for best animated short. Um, I was sure it was going to be a draw. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, Eric, I got one more for you. Okay. It's a, a, a good old Colin Mockery one-liner. Uh-huh. Good. <laughs> One of my favorite things from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Beverly Hills, 90210, Cleveland Browns, three. <laughs> I love that show. Mm. I love that show. That was good. That was good. <laughs> Do I have another good one for you? Do you ever hear of Typos? T-Y-P-O-S? Uh, one of the, the Greek god of Miss. That's Stumper. correct. That's exactly <laughs> right. So you've seen my page. <laughs> And I think, oh, I, I burnt the, you know, I burnt the Hawaiian pizza. I should have cooked it at Aloha temperature. Aloha. <laughs> oh, here's the one. You got to eat more donuts. It's the original whole food. There you go. Before whole foods was more organic. <laughs> <laughs> and look, I have advice for everybody. Mm -hmm. If you say no pun intended, forget it. You're a coward. <laughs> Intend your puns. Don't be a weakling. Commit. Own them. Own your puns. <laughs> Own it. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, Eric, unless you have any more, more jokes that you want to share. No, no, I'm not going to. Uh, well, there is one more, <laughs> okay. you, know, you know, being, being from the New York area, uh, you know, we all know where the big apple is, but does anyone know where the Minneapolis? Mm, Minnesota, St. Paul. You go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> on, on that note, Eric, thank you for being here today. And thank you for everything that you've contributed to the board of trustees over your time. Uh, next week, we'll be back with TJ Coleman. We'll be interviewing our second candidate for National Vice President for Programs, Melissa Bannon. But until then, 
Thank you all for tuning in to KK Side Presents. Thanks, everyone.